uh, we have a good word for you today. Today we are talking about you become what you believe. You become what you believe. Put that in the comments. Say, I become what I believe. Uh, this is going to be an awesome word. Share the broadcast. Get the word out because this is going to be a good word. So you become what you believe. What in the world does that mean? Uh, so let's jump in. We're just going to dive right in. Proverbs 23, verse 7. Put that in the comments. Proverbs 23, verse 7 is basically saying uh, that exact thing. You become what you believe. This is what it says. For as he, basically a man, as or a woman, as he thinks within himself, so is he. As, uh, I, I believe the King James says it this way. As a man believeth in his heart, so is he. Um, that word think, uh, if, you, if you look at the note, um, it'll, it says uh, in his soul. So what you believe, what you think, who you think you are, is who you become. And this is an important thing for us to talk about today. Because, uh, and, and put this in the comments, faith works both ways. Faith works both ways. What does that mean? Faith can work in your favor and against your favor. What, what, what do I mean by that? Faith is, is belief in something. Faith, so I can put my faith in, in the reality that I'm a child of God, that I'm healed, or I can put, put my faith in a, in a bad report. You know, I can put my faith in a symptom. You know, how do I know that I put my faith in, some, in something? I begin to think on it. I begin to meditate on it. I begin to process through it. I begin, see, you meditate on uh, the things that you believe. Now, now recognize this. The enemy is going to try to put thoughts in your head. But that, just because a thought enters into your head doesn't mean that's who you are. Now, uh, now the thoughts that you meditate on begin to dictate who you become. Again, you become what you believe. And we'll kind of explain this a little bit as we go on. But, uh, but the Bible is very clear, clear. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So I want to ask you guys this. What do you meditate on throughout the day? Now, you, you, could, you could be looking at me and just saying, you know what, I usually just think about a bunch of random stuff throughout the day. You know, I, I think about all these different things. I think about what am I going to eat? What do I want for lunch? What do I... Uh, what am I going to do when I get home? What, what TV, oh, that funny TV show I watch. You know, I think about, you know, you can think about a bunch of different things. But it's really good for us to learn the discipline of, of, uh, of meditating on what is good. Right? What, what does Paul say in uh, Philippians chapter 4? He said, whatever is noble, whatever is praiseworthy, uh, you know, whatever is good. You know, all these things. He says, meditate on these things. Does that mean that if I think about a TV show, does that mean if I think about what am I going to eat for lunch, I'm not thinking on the right things? Not necessarily, but the Bible does say to rejoice always, pray without ceasing. And so our thought life actually has a lot more power than I think a lot of us recognize. Um, so so here, go, going back to, to what we were talking about, with faith works both ways. Uh, see, uh, I, we did a teaching not too long ago um, called, uh, which report do you believe? You know, and we talked, a, we talked a little bit about how in Numbers chapter 13, and we'll turn there real quick. In Numbers chapter 13, you begin to see, um, you, what, what you see is, God is getting ready to send his people into a beautiful land. And, and what does he do? He, he, he sends spies into the land 
so that they can look through and see how beautiful this land is, so that they can see, you know, uh, the, the beautiful grapes, the beautiful uh, uh, fruit, the, the cities. They, like, he wanted them to see all of that. He wanted to see who was there so that they can see it, but also recognize this is, this is the good land that, that God is giving to his people. But we see, we see two reports. We see uh, two different perceptions of self, Right? And it's important for us to, uh, to recognize, how do I see myself? Because that's kind of the context of what we're talking about today. How do I perceive myself? How do I see myself? Do I see myself the way God sees me? Or do I see, do I see myself the way God, God in His Word talks about me? Or do I see myself the way the world sees me? The way, uh, the way I've always kind of perceived myself. The way other people have perceived me. How do I see myself? Because how you think about yourself determines who you become. That's an important thing for us to talk about. But let's look at this. So what we see now is in uh, Numbers chapter 13. In Numbers chapter 13, uh, verse 3, we see this. Uh, So Moses sent them from the wilderness. uh, Or wait, where am I looking at? Numbers 14, verse 3. So uh, what, what we see now... Or num- I, I don't know where I'm at. Wait, okay, here we go. Numbers 13, verse 25. When they returned, these are the, there were 12 spies that were sent into the land. And when they returned from spying out the land at the end of 40 days, they proceeded to come to Moses and Aaron and to all the congregation of the sons of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. And they brought, uh, brought back word to them and to all the congregation, showed them the fruit of the land. And they, said, and they told him and said, we went, in, we went to the land where you sent us, and it certainly does flow with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. So, that, so they're showing, hey, this is the fruit of the land. You know, it's beautiful. It's everything that God said it was. And then, uh, but, but this is what they say in verse 28. Nevertheless, the people who live in the land are strong, and the cities are fortified and very large. And moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. Amalek is living in the land, and the, and the Negev, and the Hittites, and the Jebusites, and the Amorites living in the, uh, the country by the sea, by the sea of, of Jordan. And then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, We should by all means go up and take possession, for, sure, for we will surely overcome, overcome it. But the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against these people. They are too strong for us. Um, and then this is what they go on to say. So they gave, out, they gave out to the sons of Israel a bad report in the land, saying, The land through which we have gone and spying it out is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people who were there we saw were men of great size. And, and, and this is what, what I want to focus on, verse 33. Uh, there, also, there also we saw the Nephilim, the sons of Anak, uh, were, are a part of the Nephilim. And we became like grasshoppers in our own sight. Put that in the comments, in our own sight. They, they, this is, was their report. We were like grasshoppers in our own sight. That's how they saw themselves. See, as a man thinks in his heart, so he becomes. What, what are they saying? They're, this place is going to devour us. These people are going to de- devour us. And how did they perceive themselves? They didn't, they didn't go around saying, hey, we're the people of God. We're the people of God. If God is for us, who can be against us? No, that's not how they saw themselves. They saw themselves as grasshoppers in their own sight. See, 
Here's the thing. The world around you could look at you and have a certain perception of you, but really what matters is how do you see yourself? Do you see yourself as a grasshopper compared to the enemy? Or do you see yourself as a mighty conqueror in the armies of the living God? How do you see yourself? You know, I see everyone putting in the comments, in our own sight. How do you see yourself in your own sight? That is vital because as a man believes in his heart or, or, or in his soul, in his mind, in his will, in his emotions, that's who he becomes. And so we, we've heard it said this way, you know, you can't stop uh, a bird from flying over your head, but you can stop it from, from uh, building a nest in your hair. What do we talk about? The enemy is going to try to make you think small about yourself. He's going to try to make you think that you're worthless, that you're nothing, that you're not going to amount to much, that there's really not much that you can do. Like, how are, how are you going to make it? How are you going to get through this? How, you know, you're always going to be depressed. You're always going to be anxious. You, you know, you're, you're not going to be able to overcome this. All this sickness is going to take you out. See, th- these are the things that the enemy tries to put in our heads. But it's up to us to determine to take those thoughts captive immediately, not to entertain those thoughts. We need to take those thoughts captive immediately. The Bible says taking thoughts captive, uh, everything that tries to exalt itself against the knowledge of God. What does that mean? Anything that comes against what the word of God says uh, where the Word of God says, no, you're a conqueror, no, you're healed, no, you're strong. You know, that's what the Word of God says. But we need to take thoughts captive. If the, if the thoughts that are entering into your mind are contradictory to the Word, we need to cast it out immediately. Why? Because if we don't cast it out immediately, we'll begin to kind of meditate on them. You know what? I really don't know how this is going to work out. I don't, you know, you know the, the, I saw this person, or, or we begin to kind of think through it. And we, should, we shouldn't allow anything less than God's normal to, to stay in our minds. Uh, what we need to do is we need to cast it out and we need to say, oh, no, praise God. See, let, go with me to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. And, uh, and this is where we see, you know, G- Jesus is giving us a powerful thing, you know, where he's talking about don't worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, what you're going to wear. But there's actually something in here that's very powerful, and, and I want you guys to see it. Um, so uh, l- look at this. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 31, it says this. It says, don't worry then saying, what will we eat, what will we drink, or what we will wear for clothing? For the Gentile, or the heathens, eagerly seek all these things. For your Father in heaven already knows that you need these things. But seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. So, so you see here very clearly, it's very simple, the reality that we shouldn't be meditating on or worrying about how are we going to do with this? Am I able? Am I able? Am I able to do this? Am I able to get through this? Can I do this? No, he's saying, no, that's what the heathen think about. No, because you're a godly person, because you're a Christian, because you have Christ with you, don't worry about these things. Why? Because God already knows you need them. He's already working it out to get it to you. We talked about that earlier this week. But I want us to look at this. I want, I want to read this to you in the King James Version because I like the way the King James Version says it, and, and there's something really cool that you can pull out of this. This is what it says in the, in the King James Version, Matthew 6, 31. Therefore, take no thought. He's, so he's saying there's thoughts that enter your mind, but he's saying I, we don't want you to take that thought. And, and what, what, what does that mean? That means a thought enters into my mind, and I take that thought and make it a part of what I believe. You know, the devils might, might try to say, Man, you're not going to be able to make it through this. 
How do, how do I take a thought? This is what he says. Therefore, take no thought saying. So how do I take a thought? By speaking the thought. When the second, I, I, if I'm meditating on, on this thought, uh, what ultimately will end up happening is I will begin to speak out that thought. And, and Jesus is saying here, no, I don't want you to take possession of these thoughts because well, why do you hear people say, and I used to be like this, you know, uh, when I was a teenager, I battled with severe depression. I took the medication. I went to the counseling. I did all of that. I, like, I, I was very emotionally fractured for, for a majority of my teenage years. And what, what, when, when I would walk around, I would tell people, oh, man, I, I'm depressed. I have depression. I have this. This is something that I have. What, what, am, I, what am I doing? With my words, I'm claiming Something that's not from God. I have this. This is mine. My depression, my, my issue, my, my thing that I'm dealing with. I took possession of it. Why? Because I was meditating on it and it became my identity. It became my identity so much so that when, when someone said, said to me, you know, God actually doesn't want you to be depressed. And there's so many scriptures and I'm not going to really dive into that that much. I resisted it. Why? Because it became a part of who I was. It became my identity. And, and, and why, why, did it, why did I allow it to become my identity? Because I took the thought and I spoke it out of my mouth. What did Jesus say? Uh, a man speaks what his heart is full of. A man speaks what his mind is full of. So, so basically, if I keep thinking on or keep meditating on this is who I am, I'm sick or I'm, I'm depressed or I'm just not strong enough or I'm tired or uh, like this is who I am, what happens is I begin to speak it out. And what does the Bible say in Proverbs? It says death and life are in the power of the tongue. And that goes back to what we were saying before when we said faith works both ways. If I begin to speak out what the enemy is saying over my life, I'm going to begin to walk in that direction, and it'll become, my, it'll become the outcome of my life. Now, here's, here's the beauty of it. If I change my thinking, if I renew my mind, if I, if I change the way I identify myself, if I change the way I see myself, because that is, uh, what, what does it say? 2 Corinthians 5.17. Let's just turn there. 2 Corinthians 5.17. This is what it says. 2 Corinthians 5.17, therefore, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. What does that mean? I'm in Christ, therefore, what I used, the way I used to identify as a grasshopper, as a small, small, weak, pathetic little thing, you know, when I used to identify one way, now I identify another way because I'm no longer in buddy. I'm no longer in my flesh. I'm no longer in my weakness. Uh, I'm no longer in that. Because grace, uh, what, what does Paul say? What did, what did God say to Paul? He says, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power perfects the weaknesses. So where I was weak, now I am strong. Where I was poor, now I am rich. That's who I am in Christ. I'm a new creature. Look, look at this. The old things have passed away. They're dead, they're gone. I'm a new creature. I'm a new creation. And I need, I need, I cannot afford to identify as the old man. I cannot afford to identify the old way. I'm a new creature. Therefore, I need to think a new way. I need to identify myself as a new way. Uh, you know, the, the reality is this. You know, you, you look at the way the world tries to overcome certain things. Um, you know, for, for example, you know, a, a lot of times the world will try to tell people who are, over, who are, um, who are getting out of alcoholism, um, they'll, they'll say, 
I'm a recovering alcoholic. What are they identifying as? An alcoholic. They're identifying, but, but studies show that, you know, studies have shown this. You know, someone who's qu quitting smoking. If someone, if someone offers them a cigarette and they say, no, I'm trying to quit, they're actually a lot less successful than someone who says, no, I'm not a smoker. If, if they reject it and say, no, I'm not a smoker, they identify in a whole new way that their, their ability to overcome that, that temptation to smoke it significantly increases. Why? Because they don't identify as the old way. The way we identify changes the, uh, how I think and how I believe changes uh, changes my future. It changes where the direction of my life. What happened to Abraham? What did God do to Abraham? Uh, when, he, when he was Abram, what did God say? Now, you have a new name now. Your name is no longer going to be Abram. It's going to be Abraham, which means father of many nations. When did, when did Abraham start calling himself Abraham? Was it before or after he had a son? It was before. It was before. Why? Why? You see the power of this. He believed the word of God. It was credited to him as righteousness. He didn't count the, you know, the deadness of himself, even though he was 100 years old. No, he believed the word of God, began to speak, I'm the father of many nations. I'm the father of many nations. And what happened? He became the father of many nations because the way he identified himself changed his future. It rewrote what, what, the direction of his life. Why? Because he took the word of God. He received it as his identity. That's who I am. And who are you? You are a new crea cre creation. Hannah, put it in the comments. I want you guys to put it in the, the comments. I am a new creation. I'm not who I used to be. I, I don't struggle with the things I used to struggle with. We just declared it during confessions today. The struggle is over. That's who I am. I'm a new creature. Why? Because I'm in Christ. I am in Christ. This is one of the most powerful revelations that you can have about your life. It's not that, man, I'm just a human. Walk, you know, we're all just humans kind of dealing with it. You know, we're, we're all human. Uh, you know what Paul said to the Corinthian church? Uh, I believe it's the Corinthian church. In his, first, in his first letter, uh, he, he was talking to them and he says, you know, I heard there's all these quarrels among you. You're fighting about all these different things. And he says, are you, just, are, are you not acting like mere humans? That's what he said. Are you not acting like mere humans? What, what, what is he saying right there? He, he's basically saying this. Oh, uh, he, here it is. Um, 1 Corinthians 3. Uh, he said, verse 1, he says, And I, brethren, could not speak to you as spiritual men, but as men of flesh as to infants in Christ. I gave you milk to drink, not solid food, for you were not able to receive it. Indeed, now you're not even yet able, for you are still fleshly. For yet there is jealousy and strife among you. Are you not acting uh, fleshly? Are you not walking like mere men? What, what's he saying? You know, when, whenever we say, oh, well, I'm just human. We're, we're, now, I'm not saying we're never going to mess up. We're, we're going to, well, like, uh, you know, we do have a flesh. We do have a flesh, and that flesh tries to come out every once in a while. And I'm not saying we're going to never miss it, because odds are we're probably going to miss it at some point. But what, what Paul is saying here is we're not just mere, mere men. We're, just not, we're not mere human anymore. All, what, what happened? We, were, we have become one with Christ. We are, now, we are no longer just in our flesh anymore. We're no longer just subject to our flesh. We have the ability to put down the flesh. Be, why? Because we are in Christ. This is, this is the most powerful revelation you can have about who you are. I Put this in the comments. I am in Christ. I am 
in Christ. Grayson said it. I'm a new creation because I'm in Christ. That's what Paul said in 2 Corinthians. You are new, those who are in Christ, they're a new creature. They're a new creation. I, I, I operate in a different level now. Why? Because I am in Christ. You, you see Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ. Why? Because I'm in Christ. All things are possible to those who believe. Why? Because we're in Christ. What, what, what happened? What, what happened when I got saved? See, I, I was partnered with Christ. Galatians 3.13, uh, I believe it's Grace, no, Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ. I have been crucified with Christ. Therefore, I no longer live, but what? Christ lives in me. Christ lives in me. Why? Because I'm in Christ. I have been crucified with Christ. I died, my sins died with Christ. My old self died with Christ. It was buried with Christ. And on the third day, the Bible talks about it, we have been raised up. We, we read that in, in Romans, where, where we, we were partnered with him in death. We were partnered with him in his resurrection. And now, Let's look at this. We are seated with him in heavenly places. Let's go to uh, Ephesians chapter 1. Look, this is powerful. See, this is how we need to identify. This is how we need to perceive ourselves. This is how we need to view ourselves. We're no longer just old old me. I'm not old me anymore. No, I, I am in Christ. And when I see that, man, the way I see my situations, the way I perceive struggles, it changes everything. So so let's look at this. Ephesians chapter 1. Look at this. I pray, Ephesians chapter 1 verse 18. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you will know what is the hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the surpassing greatness of his power towards us who who believe. His power toward us who believe. See, there is great power that God has towards us when we believe in Him. What does that power look like? Let's keep reading. These are in, in accordance with the working of the strength of His might. Look at this. I no longer see myself or I should no longer think of myself as just doing everything through myself. I should look at myself as Christ in me, the hope of glory. Christ through me, I have, the greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. See, in and of myself, I'm nothing. I recognize that. In and of myself, I have nothing and I bring nothing to the table. But I'm not alone anymore. I have help. I have Christ in me. I have God on my side. That changes everything. See, when I was in my sin, when I was in my sin, when I was struggling, when I was battling all these different things, when I was in my sin, I had a hard time. But when I gave my life to Christ, man, all that struggle, all that old me was thrown out the window. It was thrown out the window. Why? Because Jesus died to redeem me to my Father. See, there was a big gap between me and God that my sin caused. But Jesus came to close that gap and to Bring me back into fellowship with my Father. And, and we talked about that yesterday. If you haven't had a chance to listen to yesterday's message uh, where Barrett was talking a lot about this, go back and listen uh, to it. Because here's the thing. Jesus came to bring me back into intimate fellowship with my Father. And what does that mean? That means that God is with me. Jesus, what did Jesus say? 
And lo, I will be with you always, even to the ends of the earth. He will not leave you nor forsake you. He's with you. He's with you. He will keep you from the evil one. He will protect you from the evil one. And, and so we, but we need to choose in our minds. That's where we choose. What, what am I going to choose? Am I going to choose spirit or am I going to choose flesh? We, we read that in Romans chapter 8. The mindset on the flesh is death, but the mindset on the spirit is life and peace. In my mind, I choose either death or life. And, and it comes out of what I speak. So, so this is kind of the flow of what we're talking about today, where you become what you believe, right? So, we, so the enemy tries to feed you thoughts. Uh, we, we, we've talked before about the three parts of man. You know, we have, uh, we have the spirit. That's the part of me that's born again. That's the part of me that's renewed. That's the part of me that's in fellowship with the Father. We have the flesh, uh, the, the corrupted flesh, you know, that doesn't really like God, doesn't really love God. It kind of, it's the whiny part of us. The, the whiny part of us that just wants us to do whatever we want. I just want to do whatever I want. That's the part that leads us to death. And then you have the, the soul. It's your mind, your will, your emotions. And so as a man thinks, so is he. So in our soul, we, we determine, am I going to meditate on the things of the flesh? Am I going to meditate on the things of the spirit? Basically, am I going to meditate on what I think about me? Am I going to meditate on what he or she thinks about me? Am I going to meditate on what someone else or what the world thinks about me? Am I going to meditate on what the enemy is trying to tell me about myself? Or am I going to meditate on who does God say that I am? Am I going to meditate on what does this word say that I am? Where it says that I am more than a conqueror through him. Through him. Look at that. I am more than a conqueror, but it's in him. I am in Christ. I'm in Christ. And so in Christ, I'm more than a conqueror. That, that, that goes back to, do I identify as in Christ or do I identify apart from Christ? Oh, do I identify in Christ or do I identify just as buddy? Because you see that, man, you know what? I just don't think I, I can hear from God. Am I identifying in Christ? Can, can Christ hear from God? Oh, for sure. So am I identifying in the spirit or am I identifying just in my own natural flesh? Wait, who am I believing? You know what? I, I know that you're a good speaker, but I just don't think I can, I can speak in front of people like that. Who, how am I identifying? Because if, I can, if, if I'm identifying in Christ, if I'm, if I'm meditating on the things of the Spirit, are, are you hearing this? If I'm meditating on the things of the Spirit, I recognize all things are possible, which means if God wants me to speak, if God wants me to proclaim the gospel, even though I might be an introvert, even though I might make my flesh uncomfortable, which, which way am I going to believe? Which way am I going to lean towards? Am I going to meditate on the things of the Spirit? Because that will give me life and peace. Or am I going to meditate on the flesh, which will just always lead me to death? So, so here's the thing. In my mind, I choose spirit or flesh. Who am I going to believe? Who am I going to believe? And today, put it in the comments. Today, I choose. I'm going to walk by the Spirit. I'm going to meditate on what the Lord says about me. Put, put, this, put it in the comments this way. I will think God thoughts. I will think the way God thinks about me. I will, I will meditate on what God says about me. How? By changing the way I think. Romans 12.2 says it this way. Don't conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Uh, the NLT says it this way, uh, be, but let God transform you by changing the way you think. What does that mean? The way I believe about myself, the way I believe about myself, if I choose to change the way I think, then God will be able to do a transforming work. When I change my thoughts, it'll change my words, and as I change my words, it'll change my life. 
Hear that. When I change my thoughts, it'll change my words. When I change my words, it'll change my life. Why? Because death and life comes in the power of the tongue, and you speak out of what's in your heart or what's in, what, you, what you're meditating on, right? That's what Jesus said. A man speaks what his heart's full of. So you, you, can you see that flow? What I meditate on will come out of my mouth, and what come out, comes out of my mouth will change my life. I, again, faith works both ways. So what am I speaking over my life? What am I speaking over my mind? What am I speaking over the deficiencies that I might see in my life? What am I speaking over my family? What am I speaking over, over maybe this broken relationship that, that I might be seeing? What, oh man, I just don't see how God can, can re- redeem this marriage. I don't really, I don't really know, you know if he's able to do this. You know, is all things possible through him who believes? No, I'm, so I will choose to change the way I think, to change the way I believe. I'm going to choose to change the way I identify. No, I'm in Christ. I'm a new creature. I'm a new creature. I'm a new creature. Old things are passed away. Put that in the comments. Old things are passed away. So Now, when I say so-and-so passed away, what am I saying? Uh, he, he's not coming back. Why? Because he's dead. Old things are passed away. So when I say the old man has passed away, what am I, what am I declaring? No, it's dead. That, that, that's not who I am anymore. I don't identify that old way anymore. I don't identify by my corrupted flesh. I identify as in Christ. I identify as in Christ. Let's, let's, let's keep looking here in Ephesians. Uh, so this is what it says. Ephesians 1.21. All right, let's look at verse 20 again. Which, which he brought about in Christ. Just put that in the comments. In Christ. I know I'm telling you to put a lot of things in the comments, but th- this is so powerful. Because, well, here's what I'm doing. I'm making you, I'm having you make these confessions, whether you're typing it or speaking it. I want you to begin thinking this way. Uh, Because I myself need to continue to think this way. Because I, I had a lifetime of thinking one way. And the more I speak this out, the more I proclaim this, the more I'm undoing those thoughts that the enemy has weaved into my mind, and I'm weaving these new thoughts in. Because going back to what I was talking about, you know, when I battled depression, did I, did, did I have a minister lay hands on me and all of a sudden, boom, all of a sudden, I, I, I didn't think that way anymore. No. Can God do that? Yes. Oh, for sure. For sure. He can easily do that. But what, what did I have to do? I had to renew my mind. I had to intentionally say, when, when those thoughts came, you know, uh, you're not equipped to do this. You're not able to do this. You're just weak. You're pathetic. Do, do the, people really care about you? I had to choose. No, that's not who I am. I had to... Really, what I truly had to do is I had to take all these scriptures. I had to meditate on them so much that that there was really no other way. See, because there's this thing called neuroplasticity. I don't know if you've heard about this. Uh, You can look it up. It's a powerful thing. Your brain is such a powerful tool that God has given you. It's such a beautiful thing the way the, the brain works. The brain is a beautiful thing. I mean, like even the greatest supercomputer that man can make, it's not even close to, to, the, to what God has given you right there in your own brain. And, and here's how our brain works. It's called neuroplasticity. Basically what happens is when you begin to think on something long enough, the more you meditate on it, the more you think a, a certain series of thoughts, your brain, it, those thoughts actually begin to wire into your brain. And it changes and alters your brain chemistry. Because, why? Because you're thinking these thoughts so consistently. That's why when you, when you scan uh, the brains of, of people who, who have depression, chronic depression, you'll begin to see their brain chemistries look similar. Why? Because they're all thinking the same thoughts. 
And those thoughts wired in and began to alter their brain chemistry. Here's the beauty of it. And, and here's the beauty of it. Because when, when, when I dealt with it, all I thought was, well, this is my brain chemistry. This is the way, I, this is who I am. I can't change it now. But, but here's the beauty, beauty when you begin to understand that the way I choose to think in my soul, it affects my physical body. If, if I, in my thinking, was able to wire it in, I'm able to wire it out. Why, how? By changing the way I think. That's neuroplasticity. It's, it's an actual thing. It, you, you can look it up. If I can wire it in, I can wire it out. If I thought that way before, I can wire it out and weave in new thoughts by changing the way I think. And that itself has the ability to change your, chem, your body chemistry. It has the ability to change every aspect of your life. See, your thinking ha, has, uh, I mean, we recognize this. You know, if I'm always thinking anxious thoughts, we recognize that it has the ability to, to manifest in physical things. Oh, you start getting heart palpitations. You start, you know, all, all, like there's different ways that you can get hives. You can get all these things based on certain thinking. Uh, but if recognize this, if I can wire it in, I can wire it out. How? By changing the way I think, changing the way I identify, changing the way I see myself. How do I do that? By meditating, by thinking what God says about me, by thinking God thoughts, by thinking on what the Word says and how, how God uh, calls me. What does God say that I am? Not what, what do I think I am. What does God say that I am? I can change the way that I think. I can change my brain chemistry. I can change all this, all this stuff because I chose to meditate on, uh, God's, uh, on the way God sees me. So look at this. Which he brought about in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. So recognize we're in Christ. So this, we, we look at this. Uh, Barrett says it's the anointing. The anointing uh, is there to empower us to walk out God's instruction. Yeah, the, the anointing. As, I'm, as I flow in the anointing, as I yield myself to the anointing, it changes everything. But then there comes the anointing changes everything. Uh, so, so let's look at this. Seated him in heavenly places far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but in the one to come. And he put all things in subjection under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. So we see this. We see this. Christ, Jesus, the anointed one, his anointing. When we, when we look at Christ, uh, what, what, what do we see? And we are in Christ, which Christ is the anointed one and his anointing. So we are in the anointing. When we are in the anointing, when we identify through the, that anointing, we see we're raised from the dead, seated at his right hand in heavenly places, far above, far above, far above, far above the depression, far above the anxiety, far above the, the, the issues, far above the financial situation that you might see, far above the lies of the enemy, far above, far above all authority and power and dominion, everything that has a name, I'm far above it. How can I say this? But, but he's talking about Jesus. He's not talking about us. Uh, let's, look, let's look several verses later. In uh, chapter 2, verse uh, 4, but God being rich in mercy because of his great love, which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ. 
God made us alive together with Christ, for by grace you have been saved, and, and hear this, and raised us up with Him. You see this, all of this, all of this that we see happen to Christ. We are in Christ, with Christ, raised us up with Him, and seated. Is seated present tense, future tense, or past tense? It's past tense, right? Seated, uh, just a basic grammar lesson. You know, seated is past tense. What does that mean? That means we're already there. That means it's not in the great by and by. It's not in the future. No, he has seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the ages to come he might show the surpassing riches of his grace in kindness towards us who are in Christ Jesus. We're in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. It's not of ourselves, it is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no man may boast. So what does this mean? What are we looking at? We need to understand what Paul is saying here. He's saying, how do you see yourself? Do you see yourself as just a weary traveler, just making your way through this life, making your way through this earth? One day, I'm going to get through. Or do you see yourself? No, I am presently seated in heavenly places. Now, am I currently in heaven right now? You know, like in the physical, am I in heaven right now? Not in the physical, but in the spirit, I am seated with him. What does that mean? I'm in that position of authority. I identify in a position of authority. I'm not who I once was where the devil had free reign to just slap me in the face whenever he felt like it. No, I'm in Christ. I'm not, I'm not reachable by the enemy anymore. He can try to knock all he wants, but he can't come in unless I hand him that authority. Unless I choose where the devil starts trying to knock on my mind. Hey, this is who you are. No, you're weak. You're not going to be able to make it. Oh, how do I take a thought? By saying, how am I going to do this? How am I going to get through this? Like we saw in, uh, in Matthew chapter 6. But I'm, no, I'm going to resist that thought. The Bible says, resist the devil and he will what? Flee from you. It doesn't say, and you know, he'll keep trying. You know, it doesn't say resist the devil and he'll just kind of stick around for a little bit. But you can just pretend like he's not there and just, oh, no, I'm not, you know. No, he says, resist the devil. He'll flee from you with his tail between his legs. Why? Because he has no right to even come knocking. The, ol the only reason he's allowed to come in is if we open the door and say, you know what, I'll take that thought. I'll take that thought. I'll meditate on that thought. No. See, like we were saying before, as a man thinks, so is he. No, that thought tries to come in. No, I'm going to resist that thought. That's not my thought. That's not who I am. I am in Christ. That's who I am. You know, th this is something that I had to do intentionally when, when, I, when I was beginning to renew my mind about the depression. Those thoughts began to come. Oh, and man, they come heavy. Here's the thing about depression. It, do it doesn't just, see, it's, what it tries to do is it tries to just drain you of all energy, right? It's not just, see, when people think about depression, they think it's just being sad all the time. That's not what it is. It, it drains your energy. It tries to keep you in a position where you're so weak and tired that you have no effort and no energy to really do anything. You, you don't have the energy to get up in the morning. You don't have the energy to go to bed at night. You don't have the energy to get your work done. You don't have the energy to invest into relationships. You don't have the energy. Why? Because all these, it, it just dr dr sucks you dry. 
It's like a leech. And so when I would feel those moments, here, I, I, tell, I will tell you this. There was, abs- there was absolutely no drive in my flesh to want to actually resist it. I just wanted to, oh man, I just wanted to give in to it. You know, I just, I, I, I didn't have that drive, but what did I have to do? I, even though I didn't feel like it, no, this is not who I am. I am in Christ. I'm a new creature. Man, I, I'm telling you, I, didn't, I wanted to yield to, to that depression, but I had to choose. Man, what am I going to do? Am I going to yield to this and let it overtake me, or am I going to put on joy? And, you know, like, am I going to put on joy? Am I going to? No, th- I'm a new creature. Uh, a new creature. Why do I keep saying that? A new creation. I'm a new creation. Am I, I'm a new crea- creature. I'm, like, mixing those ways. I'm a, I'm a new creature in Christ. I'm a new creature in Christ. I'm a new man. I'm not, I'm not gonna, no, I cannot afford to identify with who I used to be. See, that's the enemy coming knocking. Hey, are you gonna let me in? Are you gonna let me in? No, I'm, I'm not gonna yield to this. See, because I I have a choice in that moment. Who am I going to yield to? Am I going to yield to a spirit of heaviness? Or am I going to yield to the spirit of the living God dwelling inside of me? Or am I going to overcome? Am I going to walk in victory? Am I going to walk in triumph? Because, hey, I I can overcome. uh, What is it? Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ. So here I have to choose. I have to choose. How am I going to think? What am I going to do? Where, 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 where am I going to go? Now, today, I'm going to choose to meditate on the things worthy of praise. Now, today, I'm going to choose to put on that garment of praise. I'm not going to yield to a spirit of heaviness anymore. I'm going to yield to the spirit of the living God inside of me. And as I begin to speak that way, as I begin to choose life, just like Hannah says, we must choose life. Yeah, that, I mean, that's what God said to the people. I give you a choice, death and life. Choose life. Choose life. You have the choice. You have the choice. Today, put in the comments, today I choose life. Today I choose life. How do I choose life? By taking those thoughts captive. I'm not going to take the thoughts. I'm going to take the thoughts captive and make them obey Christ. And I'm going to choose a new thought. I'm going to take a new thought. I'm going to take the thought of what God says to me. How do I do that? I, I, I take the thought by the way I speak. I'm going to uh, see, I'm not going to take worrying thoughts. I'm going to take the Word of God, and I'm going to speak it. I'm going to take the Word of God, and I'm going to speak it. You know what? There, there's power. You can change your emotions. You can change your emotions. How? By changing your, what, what you say. You know, the enemy begins to throw all these words. No, I'm going to say something different. I'm going to speak out the Word of God over my life. No, I'm not depressed. I have joy. I, I have the oil of joy for mourning. He gave me the anointing. See, that, you read that in, in uh, Isaiah 61. Uh, the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me, for He has anointed. What does that anointing do? It gives you a garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. Oh, man. Uh, you know, th- there's power. I, I would encourage you to read that, because that's what Jesus quoted. He said, he said, and today, this scripture has been fulfilled. So, I'm not believing for it. I'm not waiting for it. No, I already have it. I already have that oil. I already have that anointing. Just like Baird said earlier, the anointing changes everything. I ha- that anointing is in me. Why? Because I'm in Christ. I'm in Christ. What does in Christ mean? In the anointing. In the anointed one. When I partner my, when I partner myself, when I partner myself with the anointed one and his anointing, man, who can come against me? Greater is he that is in me than he that is in this world. But I have to identify in, as in Christ. I identify as in Christ. I identify as one who's partnered with life and life abundant. That's what I choose today. 
So, so I want to encourage you guys today. Choose life. Uh, you know, the, the enemy might have been trying to really mess with your minds recently. He might have been trying to get you to yield to heaviness. He might have tried to get you to yield to a certain way of thinking. He might have tried to get you to identify as who you once were. Oh, man, you're not. I don't think you can, you can speak that way. I don't think you, you know, you know you're, you're not at a, the level of maturity. Oh, here's something that, that the enemy has really tried to put on me. I, you're not at the level of maturity to be able to believe for those things. Does the Bible say that I need to be at a certain level of maturity to receive from God? Or does it say I just need to believe? Does it say I just need to, to believe his word? You know, you know, oh, you know, you don't have enough faith, you know, to receive that. Uh, you know what? Sh- shut up, devil, <laughs> right? You, you don't have, because he's, try- he's been trying that. You don't have enough faith to believe for, for those things that they're talking about. You don't have enough faith. You know, you're not, at, you're not at that certain level of faith. It doesn't matter. See, here's the reality. God is looking for every reason to get his goodness into your life. He's looking for every, pastor says it this way. He's, God is looking for every spiritual loophole to bring his goodness into your life. That's who he is. So I don't need to be dwelling and meditating on, do I have enough faith to receive this? Do I have, and what, what, what am I doing? I'm looking at me. I'm looking at what I bring to the table. I stop looking at what you bring to the table and just look to God and recognize, oh, my God is merciful and he is good. And if, if there's any word that I'm missing it, I'm trusting that he'll reveal it to me and I'll work through those things, but I'm going to do it all in him. But I recognize that it's not what I bring to the table. It's what he brings to the table. What is Galatians 2.20? We, we talked about this before. But I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live. Well, let's actually turn there. Because I want us to look at Galatians 2.21 because that is an equally powerful verse. Galatians 2.20 and 21. Put that in the comments. Galatians 2, verse 20 and 21. Hear this. I have been crucified with Christ and it is no longer I who live. What is he saying? I don't identify as me anymore. It's no longer I who live. But Christ lives in me. The life which I now live in the flesh, so he's recognizing I still live in this flesh, so he's basically this current life, but this life I live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And he said this, I do not nullify the grace of God, for if righteousness comes through the law, Christ died needlessly. What's he saying? I'm not going to nullify God's grace by thinking that that my breakthrough is dependent on me. No, because I don't live by me anymore. I'm not going to nullify the grace of God. No, righteous, see, right, see, righteousness is the scepter of the kingdom. It, righteousness, it, how did I gain righteousness? How did I become right? Not because of me, because of what Christ did for me. What Christ did for me gave me access to the blessing of heaven. It made me a co-heir with Christ. It, it ma- brought me into fellowship with the Father. It made me a child of the Most High God. And, and as a child of the Most High God, I have access to the things that my Father has for me because I've become a co-heir with Christ. And so, hear this, I'm not going to nullify the grace of God by thinking that my breakthrough is dependent upon me. Because that, that, that's... that's what happens when I focus on, do I have enough faith? Am I able to do this? On No. See, stop. I need to stop looking at myself and identifying with my deficiencies. What I need to identify with is his all-sufficiency. Man, if I partner myself with the all-sufficiency, man, my deficiencies just begin to deteriorate. 
Why? Because I'm, I'm, I'm not nullifying the grace of God. I'm relying on the grace of God. Man, God, I can't do this on my own. I can't do this without you. I am in you. I'm fully dependent on you. My, my whole identity and, and my whole ability to break through is because I'm in Christ. And so because I'm in Christ, I trust. Oh, I trust you, Father. I trust you to help me overcome this. I trust you to give me the grace to get through this. I trust you to give me the grace to overcome this and to come out of this on the other side higher than when I started. I trust you, God, to, to demolish this sickness and disease disease. I trust you to demolish the deficiencies that I might see in my life. I trust you to demolish the lack that I might see in my finances. I trust you to demolish all the things that Christ died for. I am no longer in the curse because, uh, uh, because just a few verses later in Galatians 3.13 it says this, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become the curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on the tree, in order that in Christ Jesus. You'll begin to see this so much more. We are in Christ. In Christ Jesus. Oh man, there's so much here. That in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might become of, come to the Gentiles uh, so that we re- would receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. You hear that? Man, there's so much in that. Like, recognizing this revelation that we are in Christ changed the whole way you read the, the, the New Testament now. Because you don't read it anymore from a position of, oh, man, we're just trying to get through this life. We're just, you know, struggling through life. We're just, you know, really just getting beat up by the devil all through life. No. Once you, reckon, once you see this, you'll, you'll see it everywhere. How often Paul talks about we are in Christ. As in Christ, we're new creatures. In Christ, we are overcomers. In Christ, we overwhelmingly conquer. In Christ. Man, you'll, you'll begin to see it's everywhere. I can do all things in Christ, through Christ. You'll, it's everywhere. And, and it boils down to, man, is that how you see yourself? When you face a mountain, do you see yourself as in Christ? Because if you see yourself in Christ, you can command that mountain, be moved, be cast in the sea, and you know it'll happen. Because, man, I'm in Christ. I'm in Him. I'm in the anointing. I'm in Him. Now, that doesn't mean we do everything out of presumption. Well, I'm in Christ, so I'm just going to jump off this cliff and trust that I'm going to... You know, not die. No, because when you're in Christ, what you're, what you're doing is you're led by the Spirit everywhere you go. Everywhere you go. Father, what do you want me to do? He'll give you an instruction. And because you're in Christ, because, because He's flowing through you, you know you're going to overcome. You know you're going to get to the other sea, even though a storm is raging and it looks like it's going to destroy you. No, because I'm in Christ, because I'm with Christ, I know we're going to make it through. I know we're going to overcome this. doesn't matter what things look like. doesn't matter what I feel. doesn't matter what, what, what I see around me. No, I'm in Christ. And if I'm doing what He's commissioned me to do, I know He's always leading me in triumph. 2 Corinthians 2, 14. Huh. Thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. Right? That's what it says, right? Thanks be to God. I mean, I got it right here. Uh, 2 Corinthians 2.14. But thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. Like, I honestly, it wasn't, yeah, I'm getting really excited because I'm not, I, I, I myself haven't noticed how many of these scriptures say in Christ in them. See, in Christ, having that identity in Christ, I no longer identify as the old man. I identify in Christ. It's no longer I who live. Christ lives in me. And so because Christ lives in me, I'm always led to triumph in Christ. And he manifests through us the sweet aroma of the knowledge of him in every place. 
Everywhere I go in Christ, I, God's given it to me. Everywhere I go in Christ, I'm victorious. But I need to recognize my identity in Christ. When I identify as in Christ, not identify as in me, but identify as in Christ, man. What, what situation can come before me that'll cause me to lose faith? Man, no, there's no situation. There's no situation that'll cause me to lose faith as long as I keep my eyes on Him, the pioneer and perfecter of my faith. As long as I keep my, my thinking towards Him, the pioneer and perfecter of my faith, I will overcome every time. And it goes back to, as, as I meditate on the Word, it'll change the way I think. And as I change the way I think, I'll change the way I speak. As I change the way I speak, I'll change, it'll change my life. And guys, oh, praise God. And if today you're saying, you know what, I need, I need to, to turn myself to become in Christ. I'm, you know, I might have been focusing way too much on, on my deficiency, but I need this to, to turn to his all-sufficiency. I, I need to turn away from my old way of thinking. I need to repent from my old way of thinking. And I need to begin to think a new way. I need to begin to identify a new way. If that's you and you're saying, man, I just need, but buddy, I just need to begin to think this new way. I need to, to repent from my old thinking. And I need to come into a new thinking. I'm going to pray for you. and I want, But before I pray for you, I want you to pray this prayer with me. And, and again, you know, out of your mouth, out of your mouth comes death and life. So I want you to speak this with your heart, but with your mouth out loud. Pray this with me. Say, Dear Jesus, today I make you the Lord of my life. Today I choose to live in you, through you, and with you. I believe that you died on the cross and I was crucified with you. I believe that you were buried in the grave and the old me was buried with you. And I believe that on the third day you rose again and I rose with you in new life as a new creature. Say, just say it. As a new creature. I'm a new creation. The old things have passed away. And behold, all things are made new. Today I choose to live in you. You are my Lord. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and fire so that I can do all that you called me to do. In Jesus' name. Father, right now, I just pray a blessing over every single person within the sound of my voice. Father, right now, we just begin to unravel the lies that the enemy has tried to weave into their thinking. God, we begin to unravel the old thoughts. And right now, I just declare all things being made new in their lives in Jesus' name. Father, give them the grace to, to unwire old thinking and, God, to wire in new thoughts. God, I pray, Lord, that it will become easy and light. God, what used to be hard uh, in their lives, God, let it become easy and light as they do it in you. As they come to you, Father, I thank you, Lord, that it becomes easy to stop thinking old ways. It's not, it's not a year-long battle, but, Father, I thank you, Lord, that it will happen in days, in, in minutes, in moments, Father God. God, I thank you, Lord, that they overwhelmingly conquer in, in Christ and through Christ, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Oh, man, this has been good. Guys, if this has ministered to you, I would encourage you to share this broadcast. But, guys, we want to let you know we sow this broadcast into you.
uh, we show this broadcast into you, and we want to give you an opportunity to just partner with the Word, partner with the Gospel today, partner with getting this Word out. Um, and as you partner with it, we believe that God's going to bless you abundantly. You know, there, there, are, there is nothing too difficult for God. And that means God is able to turn any situation around in your life. He's able to turn any situation around in your life. And we want to give you an opportunity to partner with the gospel. Um, and so you can go to giveww.org and partner with us that way. There's, there's different uh, links. You, you can On Facebook, you can comment, hashtag donate. We got Cash App, Venmo. We got PayPal, uh, cryptocurrency, text to give. You, you can give in any of those ways. But we're just going to pray over those seeds and just believe that increase is coming your way. Put this in the comments. It's my year of increase. Come on, identify that. Take that word and believe that for yourself. It's my year of increase. So, Father, right now, I just, we just declare this is our year of increase. So, Father, for everyone who sows a seed today, I pray, Lord, that it will be blessed, pressed down, shaken together. It will be running over back to, to, into their lives. Father, thank you for blessing that seed. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Guys, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, this has been good, hasn't it? Mm, praise God. Thank you for joining us today. We'll see you next time. Going to hand it over to Barrett, and she'll wrap it up. But love you guys. Hey, guys, thanks for being on with us this week. We are going to be back on Monday at 11.30 a.m., so make sure that you set your alarms, get your notifications on and going, so that way when we go live, you are there. Maybe you can beat Johnny. It doesn't happen often, but when it does, shockwaves go around the entire studio. So maybe you could be the person who beats Johnny in the comments. But we love you. Thank you for being on with us today. We will be back after this weekend. If you are in the area and you are looking for a place to call home, you are looking for a church to belong to, we invite you to come to Boomerang this Sunday. At 10 a.m. is our worship service, and you are invited to come and be a part of what God is doing. It's going to be phenomenal, a time of just refreshing and rejoicing. It's going to be such a good weekend, so come be a part and if you're unable to get here Sunday, we'll see you Monday at 